You're listening to episode 151 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. Let me ask you, do you have a plan in place, like a solid plan to make sure that the next year of your life is different than this year, like better than this past year? Because the mistake I'm seeing kind of on repeat over the years that entrepreneurs are making is that they assume more time under their belt and some lofty dreams and hard work, that's going to be enough. And then they get disappointed and they wonder why nothing is changing with time. Do you have the mentorship lined up, the community of ambitious, well-connected entrepreneurs who are going to support you and push you and put you in contact with the right people to help you elevate your business more quickly? And do you have the business strategy? And the person that's going to pull the best version out of you in that process. It was on my heart during all the chaos of this last year to price our Maverick Mastermind at half off, much to my team's dismay, literally thousands and thousands of dollars off. So to make it more attainable to entrepreneurs who are in the heart of COVID and craziness, who wanted access to a way to elevate and build more profitability. And they were ready for massive change in their business. They wanted to see the bottom line grow and they wanted to change as leaders. That's only going on for another month. The Maverick Mastermind is for you if you are an entrepreneur who's already up and running, but you're ready for that next level in all categories. If you're called to more, but you need the clarity and the strategy to make it happen. So head on over to elizabethhartke.com forward slash maverick and apply. We do cap entry, so make sure you do it quick and know that this is a very limited time offer before we go up to our regular pricing, which is still a great price for the program, but why not save quite a bit of money going into 2021? So go to elizabethhartke.com forward slash maverick, and hopefully we'll see you in there. One of the core principles of scaling up is diversification. Are you looking at all the different possible angles and opportunities to grow and scale? And are you getting smart in business? Are you looking at what's available to you and how to leverage that? So today, we're doing something a little different on the show. We are having people in the space of real estate to talk to us about what opportunities are in front of us in that category of business. So we have on Christina Moderas and Stephanie Douglas, founders of Open House. They are coming on the show to talk about the power of real estate when it comes to designing the life you dream of living. They created Open House after seeing a gap in the market and realizing how scary and uncertain it is for people buying a home 
or for those looking into real estate as an investment opportunity that it can just feel so overwhelming and it's really geared more towards the people coming in and swiping up cash offers, multi-million dollar homes, not so much for the people who are saying, hey, I want to start to dip my toe into this space. So they created Open House to teach people how to get started in real estate, whether buying their first home or breaking into real estate from a place of business, and to guide people and take the overwhelm out of the process. So I'm excited to have them on the show to talk about how we can learn more about how to leverage real estate as a way to diversify our income streams. And I want to know what they are doing in their businesses as entrepreneurs that is working. Let's get to the show. Okay, ladies, I am so pumped to officially welcome you to Scaling Up. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Yes. Cool. So it's it's exciting to talk about just kind of a category of business that we haven't had on the show, which is real estate. But before we dive into that, we all, all our listeners and myself, will have a good entrepreneurial story. So tell us a little bit more about the two of you and how this whole idea came to be and what your background is. We'd love to learn more. Yeah. So Christina and I met on Instagram. Um, We both kind of started our real estate investment careers while we were doing other things. And we didn't, there was just not a big community of people like us doing what we were doing. So we started, I was a teacher. I, I taught fourth grade math for seven years Mm -hmm. and I started feeling really, um, my biggest pain points were time constraints and money constraints. I was tired and I was broke. And so I started investing in real estate and I started documenting it on the internet and being like, oh my gosh, what if someone like thought this was cool? And I was like, no way, this is, you know, this is just my kind of scrapbook of what I'm doing. And Christina reached out to me and, Mm -hmm. and said, I'm doing the same thing. There's no other women that I can find doing similar things. We were kind of DIY renovating at the time. Um, and so we were both, we had both gotten our real estate license and kind of tra- on, on a track to find our freedom and, and I realizing that we can kind of spread this word in, in a better way than it's been spread before. Exactly. And my, um, right out of college, my background was in events. So um, I just had, I was kind of burnt out really early Um, I never had really great, you know, bosses or leaders in any company I worked for. And so I got my license um, after, you know, kind of wanting to buy a house and there was no education out there for first time home buyers. So that was kind of my passion. And then through getting into real estate investing, I was like, where are all the women out there doing this? Like, where are the young women out there, like getting into real estate investing? So that's how I found Steph um, on Instagram. I was like searching for other women in Austin who were renovating their homes and she was the only person who popped up. So that's how we um, became friends and then talked over the years about, you know, our love for like educating first-time homebuyers and first-time real estate investors um, and getting more voices in, in that realm because it's, you know, mainly dominated by like kind of older white dudes. So <laughs> Totally. And I I love that you guys have, well, first of all, I love that you guys like met on the internet and actually communicated in that way. And we're in the same area, but it's, it's really 
that's kind of the birth of some of the most amazing businesses is when people see a gap in the market and see a need, like you guys were experiencing this need yourselves and wished it existed for you. So you went and created it. And I feel like those are the kind of businesses that really make such a great impact. And when you talk about, you know, I can only speak from like the first time home buyer perspective, we haven't broken into real estate investment yet, although we are in that process right now, my husband and I, um, there really wasn't like, we had our, our realtor, but he kind of had a little bit of an agenda, even though he's a really nice guy, like, even though he's guiding us, it always feels like you're being guided by someone who's also taking a cut from something. So are you being guided in the best possible way for you? Or is it also taking him, is he taking himself into consideration? So this, and there were a lot of things that we ran into with our, we've bought a few homes now, but in our first purchase of a home, that in retrospect, we're like, oh my God, did we get screwed here? And we could have done this so much better and we should have negotiated this. Like so many things that we didn't even know to look out for. So I love that you guys have something that's really speaking to a person breaking into the real estate space, whether it's in investments or it is just, you know, for personal buying a home. Uh, So I'd love to uh, just kind of clue the audience in, like, who would you say this conversation is for? Because I'm sure people, when they hear that we're talking about real estate, they might just immediately gloss over and be like, oh, well, this isn't directed towards me. I'm not in real estate. But can you speak a little bit more to who could potentially be interested in this conversation and why it might be a good idea for them to stay tuned and listen to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today? Oh my gosh. We think it's for everyone, <laughs> but, um, but really it's for people who are looking to add another stream of income to their, I mean, you could even, you could say portfolio of income streams, um, because most, most of your audiences, entrepreneurs, as we, as are we, and we, even though we are, are, we're investors, we also have our own business. And mm-hmm. so we have definitely made real estate our life, but we, have so many people in our community who haven't, and they're still benefiting and they're like fast tracking their investment careers, their net worth, their generational wealth by investing in real estate. And even if it's, you know, you can make it as much of your life as you want. You, you can dabble and have a couple of um, rental properties, or you can be like us and (laughs) get everything. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and I think, uh, what, makes us a little unique is that we kind of do speak to everyone and we say that like with your first home you can make it an investment which I think is kind of a new thought process for people like most people think like if I'm just buying one home like it's doesn't it's not going to be an investment but we really like to talk about how you can make your first home an investment and how like that will like fast track you to your like into the dream life that you want Um, yeah and and our biggest dream for people is completely covering their mortgage so your home expenses are the biggest of your of your month right so if you can completely cover that with income from even if you own one home and you can have someone else pay your mortgage your savings rate goes way up and you can put that into your business into your brokerage accounts you know it is an incredible way to increase your savings rate, which then increases your wealth. Exactly. Okay. So let's start there. Talk a little bit more about that because I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. You know, I'm thinking about it from more like you're either helping people with like buying their first home for their own just personal process or, or they're branching into 
potential income opportunities, but I never thought of it from the perspective, like the home that you're buying for your family could potentially be, have some income potential, which is funny. I didn't think about that because our first home ended up being a massive income opportunity for us when we went to sell it because of the market we were in. But, but like, I just kind of chalk that up to being in a really hot market right outside of Boston. So I'd love to get your perspective on that, like from the people who are listening and we're thinking, man, I'm not really in a place where I want to buy additional homes. How are they leveraging that home that they already have or that they're buying? So we love um, teaching people how to house hack, which essentially means like with a house that you live in, having other people cover the mortgage. So there's many different ways to do that. Um, we started off because in our early 20s, you know, there's there's different stages you can do this in, you know. So in our early 20s, we started off by doing like having roommates. So we had roommates, you know, cover our mortgage. And then from there, it's like, you know, in your 30s or as you get older, you're like, I don't want people living in my house anymore. <laughs> so from there, we taught a strategy called the sneaky duplex, which essentially I know Steph has done this in her house, um, you know, essentially making like blocking off part of your home where it can essentially act as a duplex. Um not everyone obviously can do that, but there, another strategy would be adding like an ADU to your um, backyard, which is very popular in Austin right now because land is so expensive. So one way to still live in, you know, like a walkable area is buying a home and adding like an ADU in the backyard, in your backyard. An ADU is an accessory oh, dwelling unit. Which <laughs> like a is, tiny home. Yeah, like a tiny home. Um, and so we've, we've done, we've, personally done all of these strategies because we got addicted to covering our mortgage and not having any living expenses. And so I think that like, like Christina said, the, the um, idea of having roommates forever is not appealing to everyone. Um, so having a strategy where you don't have to see everything, no one's coming through your house. If you have kids, you don't want someone to come into your home. Exactly. Um, and so having a building in a, a little house in the back. I have one in one of my properties that's 240 square feet. I rent it on Airbnb. It's not even in like a, that central of a location. Mm -hmm. It's, it's um, just kind of the quaint factor. Everyone loves it. It is booked 95% of the month and it covers my mortgage plus a thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. So it is very possible if you can look at it, a creative lens, especially with, for you entrepreneurs who are used to looking th at things creatively, yes. used to looking at things like, okay, how, what's the angle of, at which I can really make the most out of this and help people give people a place to, to live. It could be short-term, long-term, you know, where depends on where you live. Exactly. And, and through house hacking, um, I know Steph and I will probably do it forever, but we don't <laughs> essentially we, if you start house hacking early, you know, you can kind of do it in those phases where maybe you do, you know, your Airbnb being a room in your house, if you're like in your early twenties, and then you're moving on to um, maybe a tiny home. And then eventually like Steph's doing this right now where, you know, all of your rental income can kind of pay for the next home you buy and you don't even have to house hack. Yeah. Wow. This is like <laughs> stuff that never occurred to me. My roommates currently are uh, five, three and one, and they refuse to pay rent. It's really yeah. That's a bummer. Um, <laughs> no, but I love this idea. And it's funny because my husband and I um, talked about this because we, we actually have a program called scaling up the farm where business 
owners and entrepreneurs who want to scale to the next level or diversify their income streams or come up with new offers, they have fly out here to the farm, but we don't have like a separate space on the property yet. And we've been talking about doing that and talked about, you know, the potential for an Airbnb in the future and things like that. So I love this. Um, I, I just would love to like go back for one second and talk about like, why real estate? Like, what are some of the things that are so appealing about this as a prospective way to bring in income streams, especially for those listening who like, it just never even occurred to them. You know, this wasn't on their radar. I think it's just, I think like Steph said earlier, you can be so creative with it and there's so many different tactics you can utilize. House hacking is just one of them. And um, I think personally that is, is what is exciting to me about it because I can be creative. And if I just like see things in a different way, I'm like, oh, I can make income in this way, or I can be more comfortable this, like this month or, you know, so I think it's just, there's so many different strategies you can utilize. Yeah. So there's not one for like one strategy that will fit all. You know? Yeah. And right. the entry point when, wh- while it seems so intimidating, mm. that's why we exist, honestly, because it seems so intimidating. The entry point is actually pretty low. P- the government wants buyers in the market. They want people to buy houses. And so mm. they're, they're incentivizing us by saying, okay, you can put 3% down. And when you're thinking, okay, 3%, depending on your market, 3% of $400,000 is $12,000. So I can essentially start a business, an income producing business mm-hmm. for $12,000. Of course, I'll have expenses every month but I will have someone covering those expenses. And then you have so much control over this. So you can do, it's essentially, you're being an entrepreneur in the real estate world by buying a house, because if you're doing it the right way, if you're being creative about it, you're bringing in income, covering your costs and letting your equity grow if you're in a hot market. So it's just like, it's so exciting to me. And Mm -hmm. whenever I talk about it, I get like so (laughs) riled up because I, I just believe so hard in it. And, and I believe hard in growing our business, which is why we're doing kind of this part of it. Otherwise I would just keep on buying houses. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see, but just, I guess, from your experience in this, you had mentioned Airbnb and like the duplex opportunity. Do you see one being better than the other, like or a better producer? I like the idea of Airbnb because it, it's not a permanent renter. So you like, if there are times where you're like, I'm having family come out and I don't want to have, you know, strangers around or people around, or I want to utilize that space for my own family coming in. That's appealing to me, but from a financial perspective, mm. do you gravitate towards one more than the other? We use every single, I, we both use every single strategy and yeah. it's honestly more about the management and the, the, situation that you're in. So yeah. we, we call it the scale of passivity. Yes. So Airbnb for me, and, and we're in Austin, so Airbnb is really, really hot here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of a no brainer. If you want more money, you're going to Airbnb. So the, the profit is the profit is more when you're short-term renting, when you're in a, in a hot short-term rental market, but the management is more, more time consuming. Yes. And I think whenever you buy properties, you need to have a few different plans for them. So, you know, maybe initially you do some research and you're like, wow, with this property, I could make a lot more money doing short-term rentals. So maybe originally you're like, that's my main strategy, but I always try to have a couple other strategies of if that doesn't work, what is my backup plan? Um, So I think 
definitely there's levels of passivity with it. Um, but having a few different plans is, is what you need to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the versatility of real estate is really attractive too. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, um, the idea of helping, helping family or having family come over and blocking off or, or even like, I don't want to do it for this weekend. So I'm just going to block it. Yeah. Is really, really attractive. There's definitely, um, licensing laws and stuff that each city has for Airbnb. So if people are considering it like that, check that out first, just so mm -hmm. you don't rely on that strategy. And then your city shuts you down. Exactly. Right. Right. And this is kind of a weird, weird time in, in the world. Although I have heard a lot more people leaning on Airbnb because they can't go out maybe to a traditional hotel or they can't travel in a traditional way, but they still can leverage um, things like that just to get out of their home and out of their city and stuff. So that's cool. Exactly. Um, okay. So now speaking from the angle of someone like my husband and I, who are considering and looking into diversifying our income streams through real estate and buying properties uh, potentially in different States and different places, where do we start? Like, especially someone who's just kind of for those listeners that are like, I want to think about this over the next few years, or I want to start dipping my toes in, um, what is the best approach to starting that process? I think honestly, starting with some goal setting, that's what I do just to come up with what's my, what's my intention? What do I want in the next five years with these properties? Like, um, so I think that's how I always start off is, um, is just doing some goal setting to figure out like, why do you want to invest? How much cash flow do you really want? Um, so I think starting off that yeah. way. And then we have a podcast. It's the Open yes. House podcast <laughs> where women talk real estate, not just for women. Um, but we, I, that's how we, we've, we just consumed every single piece of information there was about real estate investing, getting ideas from people who have done it themselves. Um, and when you're in, when you're talking within that community and listening within that community, it, everything feels way more possible. And it's like, you know, your listeners who are, who are listening to your podcast and everything in entrepreneurship feels so much more possible when you're listening to people who are actually doing it and showing, showing you what is actually possible. So I think that those two things are like the preliminary um, and then re researching markets. So it's mm. honestly, we are so lucky to have the internet. And so we, we don't love Zillow or realtor.com or those, but it's kind of nice in those, in that preliminary phase of, okay, what markets could I potentially invest in? And what, um, you're getting ideas from those, the, that community that is investing across the country and saying, okay, I, I heard that, you know, Ohio is a good place to invest or Florida. Mm. Um, and, and then looking deeper into those markets. And then that's when you start to develop your team there. And that's like key, key, key is if you're out of state investing is, your real estate agent, your lender, your contractor, and your property manager. Yes. Yeah. I just actually did that. I just purchased a house in Florida. And the reason, some of the reasons were obviously like, you know, I grew up going there. So I kind of knew the area already. Like it wasn't, I didn't know everything about like the market there. So doing a little bit more research um, and looking into the Airbnb numbers, being like, okay, if I get a second home, I can still put low money down, you know? So if all this is kind of sounding overwhelming to you, that's okay. <laughs> and that makes sense because it, it can be, it's a lot of information. And if you Google things online, like it's, it's going to give you a like way too much. Um, it's like when you have a rash on your hand and you're like, what, uh, <laughs> what is this? And it's like, you have cancer. So right. we totally get that. Um, 
And so we actually did, we did create a, an online course for people who want to get into real estate investing for people who have not bought a home yet, but also for people who have bought a home, but now want to make this home an investment and beyond. So, um, you can definitely go look up a lot of this online, um, and get on some forums and like, listen to our podcasts. And if you really do want, um, like direct information, uh, on like what strategy to pick, should you be an out, you know, should you look out of state or whatever, um, you can take our course and we'll basically walk you through it. <laughs> yeah. Distill the information. So that, and we have our, our whole community is based around people who are feeling intimidated by real estate, but really need that com community. I mean, we're, there's, there are definitely, um, intense communities that are like real estate, is awesome. And this is my life now. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to be way more accessible than that yeah. because we were there once. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's the key is, um, guiding people from like the entry point mm -hmm. versus some of the stuff I've seen is like not talking to me, you know, it's right. talking no. to someone who's like, you know, 10 years into real estate investing and wanting to go beyond that. So it's nice to see that you guys are really addressing it from the starting point. The one, one of the things that kind of, I don't know, freaks me out is the right phrase, but like has my wheels turning is like, I want to do this, but I don't want to manage it. <laughs> like, I don't want to manage the property after we have it. I don't want yeah. to deal with, um, you know, if I do Airbnb, Airbnb, like cleaning and stuff in between, or if I have a long-term rental, like, I don't want to be a landlord from the standpoint of like my light bulb went out and now I have to go, you know, deal with that. So obviously that means bringing in or growing that team that you talk about of people to manage the property. Is there any kind of formula or process behind that of saying like, you really shouldn't do that until you have this much money set aside, or this is about how much additional it would cost to have someone else managing it versus you managing it, things like that to, to just kind of help put in perspective what we'd be taking on if we went that route. Yeah. Um, the, I, so I'm the same. We're both, we, since we have a, a business that we're growing, like we don't have time to manage properties no. and we have many properties. And so we, um, have just baked that into our numbers. So anything you buy, you just can't ignore the fact that you don't want a second job or a part-time job. And so yeah. a long-term rental is eight to 12% for management. And that's per month. Um, it's usually like more, more common is 10%. Right? Yeah, I would say so. Um, so planning for that when you buy a property, right? Like yeah. you do have to we always joke about like, yeah, running the numbers, like you have to run the numbers, uh, which is like a nebulous idea, but <laughs> yeah, um, but you do, it's, it's kind of like you're, you have to put that into there, into your numbers or else you're not really getting a true idea mm -hmm. of, of what you can actually bring in versus go. Cause like when, at first, when you're saying, oh, we can get this much income, you ha you have to consider all the costs. And so when, when you're thinking long-term, it's, around 10%, eight to 12%. And then short-term rental, which again, we said was a lot higher income, but the management is a lot higher. So I budget about 30% for management fees. Yeah. Um, and I still, it still makes sense for me to have a manager and to do Airbnb because the income is that much more. Exactly. And, and that, that does take like when you buy the property, that's why it's good to have a few plans, right? So knowing like, if I go this short-term rental route, um, I need to have, 
you know, I need to know exactly what my monthly payment will be and know how much income I could bring in and what are the fees and then do that with like a long term as well, just in case something does happen and you can no longer make money uh, doing short term rentals like how do you pivot and or do you need to sell and and you have to think about all those costs uh, ahead of time so yeah. And are you guys taking the market into account with everything you do? Like I have friends and family members who invest in real estate and I know sometimes they have so many properties that it's like, they're just kind of like riding out the markets and being patient with it. Whereas other, others who might just have one property are really like keeping a tight pulse on it because they don't have quite as much uh, backing them in the process. I mean, I think personally, and maybe, I think maybe this is with you as well, Steph. I always think of like, right now I'm at my point in my career where I like investing career, where I look at like the need, like I'm, I consider myself a very cautious person. So I always, I kind of like trick my brain in, in some ways, but like, I guess it's, so for instance, like when I bought this house that we're sitting in right now, I was like, I need a place to live. I, you know, could get my mortgage covered. So that was like it easy for me to be like, I can invest in this and I know that I can make a good investment and this would be a good investment. And people were saying it was the top of the market when you bought. And it was the top of the market. Quote unquote. Yeah. So I still bought. And then we bought a commercial property a year and a half ago. We needed an office and we figured out a way to like office hack to get other people like renting out to food trucks. And then um, this recent home that I bought in Florida, uh, I need, I was like, I want a place to call home, like and take my friends and family. Also, I know I can get this mortgage covered through Airbnb rentals. So at the top of the market, it still made sense for me to buy these properties. Um, so that's kind of how I always look at it. We're not, I mean, I'm not the kind of investor who's just like racking, like buying five properties, you know, so that we're not that kind of investor, at least not at this point of our career. Um, so there's always like an intention behind it and a reason behind it. And also I can at least get my mortgage covered or make rental income. So that's how I kind of look at it right now. Yeah. I, I would say I don't, I don't try to time the market. I think it is yeah. the, the market, the housing market has historically had an upward trend while there have been dips uh, and just, just like the stock market, there's going to be dips. There's going to be plateaus there's going to be valleys but I do trust that the market is is just like a steady upward trend and I think riding the wave is the smartest way to be an investor across the board so stocks and in real estate so I really believe in buying safe and buying smart so we're not putting a lot of money in like huge luxury developments because that's the first thing to go in a recession Um, we buy really mid-range quality properties that even if the rentals the rental income goes down, we're still going to be able to break even. Or if we have to, you know, come, come out of pocket a little bit per month, we know that it's going to bounce back. Like we're, we're, we're cautious in, in that regard is in where we're, we're buying really, really mid range. And we really trust that the, that the market will continue to rise. And how we do that is we buy creatively and we, which means like we buy fixer uppers and we buy homes that people might not see potential in. So we see the potential in in a place either because, you know, we're like, oh, this just doesn't have natural light and people are (laughs) avoiding it. (laughs) Or, you know, this is, it has a full lot. This property is a full lot. 
and it's a big lot, but people don't like it because it's a small home. So, so little things like, or it's a weird layout, um, things that people may overlook because they don't know what that takes, you know, like when you walk into a home and you're like, oh, I have to knock down this wall and I have to like add a, a tiny house and do all this. It's like that, you don't even know where to start. So right. learning that it, learning even how to start and those steps will put you way ahead of everyone else. Okay. So I know that can be overwhelming for people. The thought of going in on this on their own, especially as an entrepreneur that are we're already maybe taking some risks in business. So what's a viable way that, um, solopreneurs or, you know, early stage entrepreneurs could get into this in a way that's a little less risky and, um, just opens up the door more for them. Yeah. We, Steph and I love, uh, partnerships and that's how we started out in real estate because, um, as a new business owner, you have to have at least two years of like showing good income to even get a loan on a home. So, um, I've definitely utilized, I mean, partnerships on every single property I've bought. And, and I think that's a great way to share the liability. I know you're sharing, you know, the asset, but what, what's that quote? Yeah. <laughs> 0% or 50, 50%, 50% of a deal is better than 0% of a deal. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, so I've purchased 12 properties and 11 of them have been through partnerships and it is, it is so powerful mm-hmm. because you're, you're not only, yeah, you're not only sharing the liability, but you're also sharing kind of the, the anxiety, right? People are really anxious about this and it feels really overwhelming. So doing it by yourself might feel like it might feel impossible yeah. having someone else to be like, okay, let's put our heads together. Let's figure this out. Let's share the ups and let's share the downs. Um, that can be really, really powerful. So to wrap up, I would love to know, I mean, it's really cool hearing the process and the power of it, but from you two and your perspective, what is like the mission behind it? Like what, what do you see shifting in the world? If more people understand the principle of what you guys are talking about and the power behind it? Yeah. I mean, for, for open house, our mission is to help people find their freedoms through real estate. So we have done, we have done so many amazing things because of real estate. So we feel free, we have financial freedom, we have schedule freedom. And so finding your power through real estate is really about finding your dream life. And it can look in, it can look any way you want it. Um, And that is kind of, it's, it's about freedom more than it is about real estate. And, and truly like bringing in more voices because right now it's one type of person who knows all of this. And that's, really not fair. And we're really seeing that, um, right now with like just a division of wealth and bringing more voices in more, more women, more people of color, just, I think is going to be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is such an important conversation because I know that there are a lot of listeners that this will just kind of open their eyes and ears to a category of opportunity that they hadn't even considered or hadn't seen themselves in because a lot of people are like, well, I'm just not in real estate or I don't know real estate or I'm not a big risk taker. Like they're viewing it as some, you know, multi six figure leap versus what you guys said of like, man, if you can have 
really, you could start this thing with five figures of mm -hmm. income to put into it and then grow it from there and have actual income growth and opportunity. So this is really eye-opening for me too. And I'm, I'm super excited about tapping into this world. So you can consider me someone who will be reaching back out for mm -hmm. um, some conversation and support, but I appreciate you both so much. And thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. And hopefully opening up some new channels of income opportunity and freedom like you talked about for our listeners thank, thank you. you so much yeah. Elizabeth. this was amazing and we would we're always down to talk real soon yeah so. <laughs> anytime anytime reach out <laughs> perfect you can count on it <laughs>